Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. As well, a light weekend news, but still plenty of games out there to play. And of course, another one came out on Friday that I'll talk about for a little bit. Triangle Strategy. Mark has still playing through all the big open world games, including Elden Ring and Horizon. And there is some more TV show news coming out from Sony. Forspoken has been delayed and a few other things to talk about, including more Pokemon, right after this. Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Brandford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right, so we are live right now on the Twitch, on the Facebook, on the Twitter, wherever it is that you want to go watch us, even though, once again, it's pretty late at night for those in the Eastern time zone. If uh, perhaps Randy said he was going to be watching later, he's it's, it's barely just nine over there, so he's still in, uh, I guess, good time to be awake. But, uh, of course, I'm your host, Sean Garmer. Here with me, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Well, um, just letting you know, again, if you don't watch live, you can always watch on video on YouTube later. Or you can also go check us out on everywhere that there are podcasts, you know, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, all, all the places, Overcast, everywhere that there is a podcast service are pretty much on there at this point. Uh, even Amazon and all that. If you want to go tell your Alexa, hey, listen to Video Games to the Max, you can do that. And it will play the latest episode, which should be this one. And hey, if you are a player of Epic Games, we have our Epic Creator Code. You can now use if you go put in WTM Network before you go buy something on the Epic Games Store, which I know Mark won't do. He doesn't like buying things in the Epic Games Store. But if you are an Epic Games Store connoisseur, you put in WTM Network, it helps us. And hey, you get a little bit of a discount as well. So, you know, goes both ways on on that help. And we do appreciate if you do end up using that. Of course, you can go follow us on Twitter as well at WTMShawn and at HumanityPlague. And go visit that WTMNet.com as always. And last word on gaming as well. Thank you to them for letting us post the podcast on there. And well, let's get this going. Where how we usually always start these things with the games are playing. I'm just gonna. I haven't been playing a whole lot, so I'll go ahead and just start uh, pretty quickly here. Um, so, I think I did talk a little bit about a musical story before. I don't know if it was on the show we did with Keith or the show before that that I had played the demo, um, and I quite liked it. And so I was like, well, you know, let's go hit up um, the the publisher for a review code. And, you know, see if that can happen. And in fact, that that did. They sent it to me like a day before um, the game was supposed to come out. They had a staggered release between PlayStation, PC, and then Xbox. Uh, I, they gave me an Xbox code, so I've been playing it on that. And it's uh, it's everything I, I wanted to. I already played the demo, so I kind of knew what it was because it lets you go to like chapter 10 or something like that. Um, but it's really just... If you love music, um, and it really it's, it, you know, there's not, it's not going to, it's not, doesn't have any vocals or anything. It's telling you a story. 
while you play the beats of different instruments. So it's really more of like also practicing music and it has this like seventies vibe. So uh, if you like Jimi Hendrix uh, or any kind of those like old rock kind of uh, songs, I think you'd fit right in here. So it's that kind of, uh, that kind of seventies vibe there, but you do get this like really cool story going on from them starting as a band to all the pitfalls that come in. And then it gets kind of very personal uh, as well. Uh, there's no, nobody ever talks. So it's all through just seeing the emotions and the pictures on screen. Uh, so pretty much if you're watching on video, what you're seeing is kind of what it is. You're having to interpret what's happening on your own as things happen. And I do appreciate that. I think that there's a place and gains for that. I think a lot of times the the telltale stuff is very kind of heavy handed. Um, so to have something that like is it's a rhythm game. It's not necessarily a rhythm game. It's more about trying to kind of get you to, you're hearing those beats or those sounds coming from those instruments and then trying to replicate some of that in the button presses, but you're trying to hear that yourself. And it does have accessibility features where after a while, if you miss four or five times, it does like put a little guide there that helps you. I kind of actually, the guide kind of bothered me some because it is kind of slow. So sometimes I would over anticipate the little guide ball and I would still end up missing and I have to wait for the thing to circle back again because you have to get it completely correct or it won't let you go through to the next screen. Uh, so that is one thing. If it um, that kind of bothers you, if you mess up and you don't have a lot of patience, you uh, will get kind of frustrated that way of having to repeat the same thing a little bit over and over. But I feel like it does teach you to eventually be able to listen and hear those sounds better than than just like thinking you already know and then trying to just kind of follow what it does because it does have some it does get harder as it goes on you know they do try to add in more musical touches and more instrument uh instrumentality into there so that you have to actually really do pay attention to what's going on um so i i do really appreciate that as far as what they try to do in that game so I'm really much enjoying it. It seems like it's very short. Um, and they do have, if you play on uh, Xbox or, well, all, all even Steam has achievements now, but they have achievements for passing each chapter and then also passing each chapter perfectly. So if you're one of those folks that really likes getting achievements, uh, there is something to go back to trying to play those chapters again and trying to get them perfect uh, for that at least. So, and I did play a little bit. I, I bought Triangle Strategy. I haven't gotten much further than I had gotten in the demo, which is like the first couple of battles and then the story stuff. So I can't really speak to too much more than I've over. I think I've already said, but I do uh, like the characters. It's kind of weird after you play so many RPGs that have like British actors and then you go, you're actually playing a, a game that has like a more, I guess, American uh actors so i wasn't expecting that when i first heard them talk um yeah. but they kind of grow on you after a while um i've heard a lot that the uh the story gets better as it goes along um there is a lot of story just from the little part i've played you don't um i think i said this before but get ready for a lot of pressing a to get through um story beats even though there's stuff you don't want to skip because they do have like decisions you have to make for, you know, just like Fire Emblem, any other strategy RPG uh, lately, you know, they do model it after it looks very much like an HD 2D version of Final Fantasy Tactics, you could say. 
I, I'm digging it so far. I have to get more into it than I did in the demo to really be able to say a lot on it. But um, I feel like, you know, it's it's getting good scores for a reason already. So, you know, there's that. At least I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to put more into both those games as this week goes on. Uh, speaking of, Mark, so wh- which one of these games do you put more time into since the last podcast? Uh, probably between Elden Ring and Horizon. They're probably actually equal now since I got stuck in Elden Ring. So you got stuck in Elden So you got stuck in a boss in Elden Ring? Yeah. And yeah, Yandu is kind of right. Like you can't, you can't summon in that game like you can like other games like Demon's Souls, for example. Uh, so that sucks. So you, mean, uh, so you can't just bring someone in? Uh, uh not, not that I've seen. And I, I mean, I put out the, I was in like the ready to receive co-op state. That's a, a uh, that's a disposable item. You have, you have to like okay. pop it to get like the right, you know, set or the, the right, you know, status. So I did it and then no one showed up. And then I went, I mean, I even like went on Twitter, like, Hey, can anyone help me with this boss? And no one. And then I was like, well, this is cool. Uh, and then I quit the game, and then I loaded it back up like the next day, and that status was gone. So I'd have to pop another item to get nowhere. <laughs> oh man, it's not like de- like I didn't die. It's not like Demon Souls. Like there's no sense of humanity in this game, like living or death. So like you just use this item, and yeah, that's another problem. Uh, you, like I don't know. Have you seen the big like U- UX discourse with this game? Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. It's all dumb because every game pretty much has bad user interfaces uh, and experiences. But like this game does the dumb thing that every one of the games does, where it gives you like status uh, icons in like the top left hand corner, like underneath your health bar, that tell you mm-hmm. nothing. And there's no goddamn way to like see what this stuff is unless you like go on a guide that's like half finished or like at some Wikipedia that like someone's like, well, I think it increases your blocking damage, and it's like, well. Boy, that's real. That's real definite. Thanks to that. Like, there's no like check status of of your character. There is kind of there is a button for that, but it doesn't doesn't actually tell you what those icons are. And it's like, who who thought of this? Like, this isn't yeah, like I mean, dictionary. I, I shouldn't have to like I, figure this shit out myself. Like, I mean, that's a lot of what these games are, though. They do want you to figure out a lot of stuff by yourself. I'm not gonna figure out what like a a one inch by one inch icon is this isn't like a instant messenger anymore this isn't, this isn't a buddy icon the game should tell me hey your stats are improved or hey you're poisoned or you know hey whatever like come on uh yeah, i i will agree that there should be some kind of at least letting you know what the icon is and then you know that it doesn't have to plainly tell you in text like hey you're poisoned now or whatever but at least have something in the game that tells you, okay, these here's a list of icons. This is what they do. Yeah, even like a glossary or yeah. Right. But no, like the like the Wikipedia entry. Can I type in like Elden Ring icons? And it's like it it barely it really is like half finished. Or you know, people are debating what these icons are, and I'm like, this right. is so dumb. Like that. That's why a lot of these uh the games have a long tail as far as once people figure stuff out, then you go into those Reddits or or the yeah. guides and really be able to kind of get through the game. So right. you know. Uh but I'm playing Magic Character still. Uh I just I beat the first main area or the first castle at Stormvale. It took takes a while, but you know, I can yeah. eventually do it. Uh I'm in this like magic academy right now, getting my ass kicked by this witch lady or this queen. Uh, that's fun. 
Always fun to get uh, beaten into figuring it out, how to beat this character. Yeah, I spent... Um, there was one boss in this game. I mean, pe- people really do describe it as, like, uh, Breath of the Wild, but, like, that is such a bad comparison. Because aside from, like, the open world, it's not that at all. But... Uh, so I what would it, be your comparison, then? That's a bad comparison. Let's see. I don't know. Maybe near to an extent, I guess. Like, near Automata. Extent, okay. Well, there's not, like, optional bosses in near and, and, you know... Near was a not a linear game. It did have big open areas, like some, but like you know, a lot right. of it was like going through. You have to go through this area to unlock a door or whatever. Um, but I faced an optional boss that was a sleeping dragon. Like the dragon literally just sleeps there in this like near this fort. I wasted all my magic on it. I mean, all my magic, and I got him down to about I don't know a fifteenth of its health. Wow! And I'm like, all right, let's let's start going. And I hacked away at this dragon with my stupid, like, starter sword for about an hour. At least you get yeah. 45 minutes. I mean, I got through an episode of House, let's say that. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the test right there, yeah. Yeah, it's my timer. And I eventually killed it. I did have one dangerous area. Like, there were other, like, smaller dragons kind of around it. Where so I was, it, I was... It, it never wakes up? Right. Okay. Yeah, I just hacked away it for, like I said, almost an hour. And yep. I uh, thought you were going to tell me that you walked away and all of a sudden it woke up and kicked your ass. Oh, you, nope. so it just stayed asleep the whole time. Okay. I, it would occasionally like raise its wings a little, but I think that's kind of like an idle animation. Like I didn't actually attack or anything. Right. But uh, one time a smaller dragon like actually like got near me. And I don't know how it happened. But, like, I, I, I saw a big shadow, and I turned around, and there was another dragon. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, so I got on my horse real quick and went to the other side of the sleeping dragon, and it followed me. Oh, and man. then I just ran ran around again, to made another circle, and got to the point where I was, and then I was fine. Whoa. But, yeah, I, was, I that took a while. <laughs> Did uh, you get anything uh, good for... I got, like, 80,000 80, souls. Uh, okay. I have kind of broken... How, like the leveling in that game to an well as much as I can because like I'm like level fifty nine or fifty seven. That's not like super high level, but it's higher level than I should be. Let's say that. Uh, I mean, so if you're such a high level, then why are you stuck on? Uh because uh, the but... boss I'm facing uh is a kind of melee melee boss, and I'm magic. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, it does. Um, you know, I did hear that. People so like, that were magic users are having a, a great time at the beginning, but then later on, it gets hard for magic users. Yeah. So, like, this uh. boss I'm, I'm on, she's in, like, a big room where she's, like, kind of floating in midair, like, shielded. And you have to, like, hit three of her minions with a sword, and then she kind of falls down real quick, and then you can attack her. And she's vulnerable for, to that, but, like, yeah, you have to hit the minions. <laughs> that's kind of the problem, you know, just having to coordinate right. all this crap. And then, like, that's only the first part. The second part, she gets, like, actually angry and starts like fighting you and then it's like oh now i'm really screwed (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's enjoyable like i you know i actually just kind of enjoy that game like i'm using this interactive map thing that i I think is on the wikipedia so it tells you like where everything is right which is helpful (laughs) so it's like oh if i want to get more golden seeds to upgrade my flask uh here it is well i mean Uh, but horizon oh go ahead sorry no, I was going to say, like, I'm still plugging away at Horizon. I think I'm almost done with that game, like, the main story. Uh, I looked up a guide, and I'm, like, three missions away from finishing it. And I'm just like, oh, All right. okay. <laughs> like, I thought this was going to go on a lot longer. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I heard that there's a lot of side quests, and so. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that was a problem of the first game. Uh, I mean, I got to San Francisco, like the main area for that, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of stuff in that game where I'm like, like I, like I said, like the last few weeks, like I'm Skyrim sky jumping my way through that game where it's like there was a black box. that's a collectible in the game. Like it's part of a downed aircraft that you can collect and like hear the history of what happened or to these people. Right. And it's kind of crashed on top of this waterfall. And I think what they wanted you to do was go through the plane, uh, like the fuselage, like the, you know, the whatever area and get to the end of it, end of it. I just jumped up the waterfall <laughs> and it wasn't like, there were no like grabbable spots. I could just jump up the waterfall. Like, wow. and I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, but I mean, I did it. Uh, there's something like, I'm not getting better at combat. Like, I, well, I should rephrase that. I'm getting like, I picked up like a few better weapons, but like, I'm not really doing much. I'm just using a bow and arrow. Like I, I am way less prepared than even like the first game or like, you know, I saw what you meant about the trap limit stuff. You can only have like two traps out at a time, which is really dumb. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm interested in the story, uh, but all the side stuff, I just could not give a tinker's damn about whatsoever. Oh, so there's like nothing about it that, like, not even the the side characters or anything make you care about doing. Not the side really, quest? because well, some of them are interesting. Like I met this girl, a woman, Alva, who's like part of another clan. Who's like, I think she's like. I think she's supposed to be like Japanese or like Russian, maybe, or like some, you know, she comes from like the other side of, you know, she comes from Asia. Uh, she's kind of interesting, but like a, so many of the side characters are just kind of throwaway characters. Like they don't even have names or like they don't have like storyline. So it's like, okay, I'll go get your salvage contracts. And then I did three of those and then I'm kind of done. Like, all right. But yep, I, I'll finish that game and then I'll write a review. That right. will be uh, average at best. <laughs> Or, you know, average. Maybe <laughs> slightly higher than average, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, so you're not, like, thinking it's a fantastic uh, game oh, no. or anything? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, if I was going to score now, I'd probably say, like, eight. Okay. It's still in uh, the, the great territory. Yeah. the pro- I mean, the pro- real problem with this game is, like, it is... I mean, if you put, like, this next to the first one, you could not tell the difference. And Okay. So only- it, feel, it very much feels like more of that. Yeah. And the few upgrades they give you is like, you know, a grappling hook that you can't use all the time, uh, and a glider, which is kind of useful. But like, here, like the funny thing about the glider is like, the, when you get it, the guy's using it also as like a personal shield, like against attacks. You get it from him, and it's like broken because then you can only use it as a glider. But it's like I faced more of those guys with the usable shield. Uh, why don't I just kill one of them and then get the usable shield? Right. Uh, but you can't. But I mean, yeah, the game's not like logical in any sense. So, <laughs> but it's still fine. Like I, I'm still invested enough in the story to see it through. And I'm like level 28 or 29, which is like crazy. Do you feel like you know you're you need to be? Ha- have you gotten to a point where you ever felt uh, outmatched or anything? Or I got to one. There, there are these cauldrons in the game, which is like you go. It's like a like a dungeon essentially, and you, when you go through them, you collect parts to like take over machines. And I got to one, and it was like, you are five levels too low for this dungeon, or for this cauldron. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, why doesn't the game tell me this in the map? Like, why doesn't it say recommended level 45 or 40, and not just have me get it, get the hell out there and then go, oh, you're too low level. And it's like, well, how how low level am I? You know, like, when should I tackle this? Yeah, that I'll agree with. If you're going to say that, it, if you're going to have that in there at all, 
Yeah. You should definitely have that available somewhere where you can see it before you get there instead right. of I think it might uh, be in like the it might be in the quest log. Like once you actually get there and get like get the quest to do it. But I think right. that should just be on the map. Or there should be kind of like honestly, there should be like gradations in the map going like recommended level twenty five to thirty, you know, for this area, recommend you know, for this other area twelve like eleven to fifteen or something like that, you know. But yeah. it doesn't have that. I mean it's really is a big open world. So and it's real uh, pretty still, or you know, it looks nice. Yeah, I mean that—that's one thing about that game that uh, really makes me want to see. You know what it looks like on on my actual system is how pretty I've seen it look everywhere. There, there is uh, one. I mean, I really don't like photo modes in games to begin with. Uh, I just think they're kind of dumb. But I did use use uh, Forbidden West for a really funny one. You get one quest where you are forced to dress up almost like. Uh, I wouldn't say like a secretary, but like an old, like an old world businesswoman. Okay. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's almost, uh, Eastern or like Asian themed. Like it's kind of a mixture of like a business suit and like a kimono or something like that. But I saw how dumb the character looked and I immediately went in the photo mode and centered, centered it on her. And then you can change her, you can change her expression with the photo mode. So I had, I have her wearing this really big, dumb smile and I put the I put on the over the text. Uh, it'd be prettier if you smiled. <laughs> it, it, it just looks it looks so cheesy. It's great. Right. Uh, and the last thing I'll mention real quick is I got a uh, RetroTink 5X. So what is that for? So of no idea. after after that debacle with that stupid HDMI and 64 cable, a RetroTink is a video upscaler for old video signals, like you know console signals. Yeah. Uh, you can plug pretty much anything into it and it'll upscale to 480, 720, 1080p, uh, anything, you know, or up to anything. Right. I think it goes up to like 1440. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's, the N64 is really good <laughs> with that thing. I mean, <clears throat> so like, what did you test on it or? Uh, Mario 64, Mario Kart, uh, Donkey Kong 64, uh, Buck Bumble. Uh, of course, right. you have to test that. Cruising World, cruising, <laughs> cruising USA, Gex into the Gecko. Wow, we're uh, going in the deep cuts here. Zelda, you know, yeah. little little known games like that. Yes, yes, little known games like that. I did, I did try Kirby, and I was, I don't know if it was the the device or like the cartridge, but like it was having like weird speed problems. Like it, uh, okay. it sounded like the the game was playing fine, but it sounded like the soundtrack was like speeding up and slowing down. Right. Uh the funny thing is. How much do you know about video cables, like composite cables or, or component? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So composite cables are the you know, old red, white, and yellow ones. Exactly. And the component are like the green, blue, and... Yeah, yeah. Red, green, yeah. yeah, green, blue, white, red, and uh, another red. So my TV... Well, I plugged the retro tank into my TV correctly. And I plugged the uh, N64 cables into the component ones, because that's all the, that I had available at the moment. And my N64 is in black and white. And I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, okay. Wow. And I, luckily, I got this uh, SCART to composite video adapter. Like, it, it's S or SCART is like this weird video format that no one ever used in America, essentially. But so you can, you, you know, you can use it for like some be- video, better video quality. And I plugged the cable into that and then it was fine. But oh, wow. So if you wouldn't have had that, yeah, I would have been screwed. Okay. But the weird thing is, is like component shouldn't do this. Like it should be fine. Right. And I talked to Jens and I talked to two other guys. One's a pretty good, like a pretty big retro game guy. 
and the other guy worked in video production. And I asked all of them that, and they were like, that's really weird. Because it's not, the retro tink isn't the issue. Because even if I plug it directly into the TV, it does the same thing. So, so you think I think it's it might your be TV? The t- yeah, I think it's the TV's problem, or there's some setting on the TV. Like, Jens didn't believe me. And then I was like, no, here's the Sony, uh, you know, re- or not repair manual, but like, here's the Sony TV manual with the icon of what I'm doing. And he looked at it, and he was like, wow, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, well. Yeah. It's. I mean, my TV is selling. Or my, you know, my instruction manual says plug it, plug the yellow into the green, and then I do, and then get black and white. That doesn't. It's not real beneficial to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'll after I've done this, I'm going to keep messing around with it. <laughs> well, hopefully, you can uh, figure it out at least. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before nope. we move on here? Still plugging away at Lost Ark, but that you're probably plugging away at that for ever a while there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that it won't, uh, won't just be something you do quickly. Um, so yeah, let's get in to the news here. And first off, I guess the maybe perhaps, uh, biggest, most recent thing is that Forspoken, uh, has been delayed by all the way to October, October 11th. That's like, uh, I think they said now. Uh, as opposed to, I think it was April, uh, May is when it was supposed to come out originally. So just yeah. a few more months, but now it goes from being a spring game to fully into the fall. Maybe a little bit before we get into the holiday season, but still, you know, I'm sure there will be other games releasing around then as well. So uh, people have to make those decisions, especially when, you know, for PS5, this is now a $70 game. So, you know, we'll see what that's like for Square Enix, who as we talked about last week, uh, isn't always the most patient company when it comes to game sales, unless your name's Final Fantasy. Well, isn't this thing, like, tangentially related to Final Fantasy? Yeah, it's made by the people that make Final Fantasy XV, the Luminous Productions. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, this is a new IP, right? I mean, as, as interested as I am in it because of the main character and, like, uh, some of the game elements that we've seen, um, <laughs> there's still a lot unknown about it, honestly. And then some, a lot of people that have come back from preview events for the game uh, don't, don't seem to be like too enthused about it. So maybe they've kind of taken some of that feedback as well and, and said, okay, let's take some more time with this. You know, it, it's supposed to be a big, it's, it's a game that's PlayStation exclusive for two years even. So they're, they're putting a lot of stock in it that way. But I, I mean, Look, uh, at this point, getting a game being delayed is uh, never a bad thing. Too many games, you know, with, again, Cyberpunk being the most recent coming out and not being great. Even Babylon's Fall, right, just came out, and that thing was an atrocity, apparently. Uh, so, that I mean, that's more a Platinum game than a Square Enix game. But honestly, right now, Square Enix is kind of like all over the place with their releases, really. So, yeah. You know, I think the the more you can kind of take some time with the game, and perhaps Babylon's Fall's perception uh, didn't help the matter. Right. But I'm excited for that game. I kind of want to see more of it. Hopefully that means that they'll have time to show that. I know Square Enix is probably going to have some kind of summer showcase event, so maybe they'll show more of that there. Uh, speaking of events, now I don't know if this is going to get delayed or not because there's being calls for it to be delayed. Uh, due to what's going on, obviously, in in Ukraine. But uh, talks about a possible PlayStation Showcase happening. 
or not showcase, uh, state of play. Sorry. Uh, I mean, now that we're out of releases, right? We we know God of War is supposed to come, but there's no guarantee yet that it's coming this year. I mean, outside of that, we kind of don't know what Sony's doing. So we know that there's things they're working on, but those things seem like really far away, like, you know, Spider-Man, Wolverine, all that. I mean, like, what do you think they could show at this thing? Because state of plays have been kind of another thing that's been all over the place. Sometimes they they have some banger games. Sometimes they have announcements that are kind of like, okay, that was fine. I don't know if it was worth me spending 40 minutes on it or whatever, but sure. Okay, maybe that's that stupid rumored uh, Spartacus thing or, you know, whatever the hell they're cooking up. You think they would uh, really show that in a state of play? Like, I think if, if, write I think that if, down like, and everything? I think if it's going to be like actually good, they would. If they said like, "Hey, we have 200 PS1 games, 400 PS2 games, you know, 400 PS3 games," you know, go for it, and you can download them to your PS5, you know. Right. I think we're. I mean, plus, as long as you're still an active member, you can still, you know, as long as you're paint, you know, the highest tier, then you can have access to this stuff. But right. I mean, would they go in and break down the tiers and do all that stuff, or are they just going to do like one of those like cinematic things and say, "Okay, here and." Maybe here's some games that are coming to it to get people interested. No, uh, I mean they would do both. They because that one that one really stupid one they did a few years a year or two ago where it was like the machine like the nano machine building the PS5. Right. They'll do something like that, or you know, it's like a network infrastructure, or like you know, people being connected to some global internet or global network, and then be like, oh, here's the new way you'll you'll experience PlayStation Plus. That'd be cool if they did do it that way. I don't know. I, f- I feel like they try to make these about game announcements uh, or at least updates on games. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some indies they could uh, throw in there. Knack uh, 3, as, let's go. <laughs> as well. Um, some, ru- I mean, they wouldn't show this there, but also rumors about supposedly, according to, you know, how much you can trust these insiders, but there might be an infamous and Sly Cooper in the works, don't know if that just means remasters of Infamous uh, for PlayStation Five, or if it's a new one. But we'll I, see. I, I I don't know where you go with that franchise. Like as far as like, because like the last one, the main one was the guy like had different powers, so, right? Which was kind of cool, but it was all kind of iter- like iterative. Like the guy, you know, it was all the same kind of moves. It's just like, oh, the concrete power does this, and the neon power does this, but you're still essentially doing the same move. <laughs> It's crazy because I I thought that they kind of said they were done with it. Yeah, after the last one. I mean, so they're hard at work on uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima too. So right, exactly. So I mean, what team is working on this? Uh, it's a I kind mean, of shame because guess... like in like Infamous, the first two or the first yeah, the first two were pretty well liked and popular, and then that PS4 one right. came out and no one gave a damn. Yeah, I, I think also, like, when you have a deal now with, with Marvel and the Spider-Man games are doing great for you, and then you have Wolverine now, so, yeah. I, like, do, I mean, you, I, yeah. you, do you really need a, a superhero game when you have the, the quote-unquote real superheroes right uh, under your belt at this point? Only if you can get a Stiltman game. That'll be awesome. That'll be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I, I wonder if this... Speaking of Square Enix, maybe a time we haven't heard much from Final Fantasy 16 could be a time for that uh, to show us a little I mean, something. They can't even get they can't even get uh, the other one out, just, you know, on time. So, well, I mean, Seven Remake—that's a thing that they've already said they're working on. I, 
Well, I meant, well, I meant Forspoken. <laughs> well, Forspoken, yeah, but that's a different team. Like, you know, it's, I don't know who exactly is working on 16 at the moment, but it's not Luminous Productions, and I think that's the one that they said supposedly was also coming this year at some point. So if you're delaying Forspoken, have yeah. uh, something else to show on that. It's interesting. We'll see. I don't want to get my myself hyped up too much because um, – Unlike Nintendo, Sony has set a low bar with these things uh, lately. So I think it's better just to kind of go in with no expectations and kind of let them go from there <laughs> at that point. This is where they announce they're going to skip over four and just make a five extreme. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I did, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, since Forspoken got delayed, we have been having things completely removed from uh, different consoles and storefronts um in, you know due to the war in ukraine that is happening and of course our hearts go out to everyone that is having to deal with that whether on the front lines or humanitarian way or um you know just finding people a place to be at the moment it's it's incredible uh, all the stories that come out daily like right now they can't even get people through safely because russia keeps belting them with bullets every time they try to start this humanitarian effort of getting civilians out of the uh cities it's ridiculous like why are we even making packs at all if you're gonna break them every time they're about to start the proceedings that makes no sense but of course you're working with a backwards country at this point and i'm sorry to to make it about the country it's probably not even about the country it's really about a backwards leader uh but honestly uh look uh what these Game companies are doing as kind of small potatoes compared to the, the bigger efforts that these countries are doing and every other, you know, all these these humanitarian efforts that are going on and everything else. But it does help in at least that they're listening to Ukraine and these efforts to kind of put whatever pressure they can uh, against Russia and I guess get the people to put pressure against their own leader and say, hey. Um, look, they're they're doing things like cutting off us being able to buy entertainment at this point um, because you're you're doing something ridiculous, you know. Um, so <clears throat> again, I want to preface this by saying that, in the grand scheme of things, does this a lot of this stuff matter? Not really, uh, but it is tangentially game related, so we're talking about it. Uh, and I I think it's good that at least you know when the I forgot which minister it was of Ukraine that came out and said, you know, hey, Microsoft, hey, Sony, please take steps to make things harder for Russians to purchase your products. And they listened, you know, and that's yeah. that's good to see. Um, EA has made it is working on making their games unavailable for sale digitally in Russia. Sony actually made Gran Turismo 7 unavailable for sale quietly without telling anyone. Microsoft is suspending all new sales of products and services. And actually also working with countries to end business in Russia as possible. I can't confirm this one because I went to the eShop website. It shows the games there. It shows their prices. But you can't buy anything without signing in. And I'm not going to make a Russian uh, Switch account just to try to confirm this myself. But apparently the Russian eShop was put in maintenance mode a few days ago um, where they couldn't buy digital, you know, digital I mean, games yeah they, yeah they probably just knocked off the, like, the authentication server or like, the payment server so you can see you can see the prices but if you click go to buy so no that's what i was thinking too like once you actually log in and try to buy something it may not allow you to 
um, which I couldn't get that far again without having to make it a login. I didn't want to go through all that, even though there is like, you know, Google Translate that could help me. Also me. Just, yeah. I mean, I have, a, I have a Japanese Switch account. It ain't hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have, yeah, I have one as well. I'm not saying it's hard. just didn't want to be making different accounts. Um, so there's that. I mean, and then EA also went through the step of removing, which FIFA also, to its credit, removed the Russian uh, soccer team from being able to compete in the World Cup. Uh, the other soccer teams that had to play against them in the bracket to try to make it to the World Cup refused to play against them, one of them being Poland, who had to play against them directly, which would be really weird considering Poland is the one leading the humanitarian effort directly with Ukraine and then like going into Russia to play a soccer game doesn't make sense. Uh, so yeah, they, they've gone a step of removing the Russian teams from the NHL 22 and FIFA 22 uh, as well and FIFA mobile and FIFA online. So that's good on, well, on that front. Yeah, We all know the thing that's really going to hurt Russia is them being removed from Eurovision. Yep. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the one thing they allowed, I think, Russia to still compete in, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, I guess. Not anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, uh, moving on from that, we did have a big announcement on Pokemon Day. Pokemon Presents last week. Uh, so, you know, we had done the show and everything. And then the next day, we're th- I mean, it is a big Pokemon Presents or whatever, but it's just like, it's a Sunday, you know, like... Oh, we're going to announce updates for Pokemon Legends Arceus and and maybe some DLC coming for that. You know, some the other smaller games, you know, like Pokemon Unite, whatever. Did not expect, did not expect that we were going to, that we got the Pokemon next, the next version of Pokemon. Pokemon Generation 9 is actually happening. Um, Pokemon Scarlet. And Violet um, are a thing. And we have the uh, these three starters, which this is, this po- of course, every Pokemon generation is based on an actual, um, it's based on an actual, like, city or country. So these are actually based uh, on Spain, it looks like. Um, and you have, which is great for me, because as a person that, owns cats and loves cats um it's nice to know that the starter that i usually always go with and the grass starter is a cat spiragatito so i'm very happy about that i don't know what people's deal is with like apparently they don't like bipedal uh animals i guess like i just saw a bunch of this please don't make the third evolution lose the uh keep it on four paws and I'm just like, all right, then. You That's know, just because uh, they're fundamentalists. They don't believe in evolution. I can't. Um, there's also the are, dinosaur fire. They're really, big, they're, they're really uh, they really hate Animal Farm. The four legs good, two legs better thing. <laughs> I guess could be that as well. That is an obscure reference, but I, I like it as a, as a big fan of Animal. Uh, so yeah, um, they do have a, a fire dinosaur character, Fukoko, I guess is how you say his name. And then Quaxley is this cool duck with the, uh, the water duck with, with the hat. So if you want something simple, go with Quaxley there. Uh, the thing is, this is coming out November 2022. So number that one, is, that's that a is, lot of Pokemon. Yeah, that is three Pokemon games for one year. Yeah, three it Pokemon games for one year. 
they don't even pimp out Mario or Zelda that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just it's crazy to me that this is coming out that quickly. I would have thought they would have held this for 2023, but this is also supposed to be fully open world, unlike Legends Arceus, which you know, sort of semi open world. So, well, it's like, how it, you... it's kind of the equivalent of them announcing like two fours of games for one year, or be like, here's Horizon Seven, and then oh hey. Six months later or eight months later, here's Motorsport 8. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I get you might be excited, but you may want to slow your roll a little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm excited again, like, for this to be a thing. But because if we do get the Pokemon game that I wanted, that people really wanted Arceus to, to, Arceus to take from and evolve on, then great. Well, we got that a lot faster than I thought we are going to. It looks like the battles are the same uh, from Arceus. Obviously, this is going to involve the gyms again and go through that storyline. Going to be interested to see if they involve any of the... Will you have another type of story that also goes along with this aside from that, that perhaps goes along with what we're seeing in Arceus where they kind of took a different route with that. All the customization features, the quality of life, is the catching going to be the same? Are, are we really going to be have this seamless kind of transition that we have now with Arceus? I, I think it'll be like the very much, I wouldn't say dated, but very much the traditional Pokemon game. I don't think you can call it open world and go back to being the very dated Pokemon game. Well, but... I mean, it, de- it depends on how, how you define open world. I mean, Pokemon has always been, to an extent, open world, but it's not like, oh, you can just go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right, but I, I mean, it's different to, yeah, you can travel from town to town, but it was it's more of the, like, old-school RPG style of, okay, here, you're going to go into the world map for a little bit and go, in the, go yeah. into the town. Like, this is more of just, is there going to be, like, spots you go into in the map, like this one, where, okay, well, this is going to load that part, or is this just, like you said, fully go anywhere? That's the part that... I want to see if we get to that here. Um, or are they going to be end up backtracking and you find out it's really not the truth. But either way, if we even get what Legends Arceus is with the traditional Pokemon setup, I think that's great in itself. Still, man, like, look, honestly, that's far enough between January to November that people are going to be excited for Pokemon again. I'm not worried about that. I just think, like, man... Uh, if you play anything else besides Pokemon, I guess you better, like myself, you better get to finishing these games pretty quick now because here comes this one. Uh, but look, this is really just a tease. You didn't get a whole lot here. I uh, wonder if they're going to really blow it out when it comes to the E3 time direct and we'll get more about that. But I'm excited about what the other new Pokemon are going to be and everything else, seeing more of the world and obviously what, what this is actually going to be about. So. Let's see. Um, but, it, you know, Nintendo, man, that's a lot of Pokemon. And I do wonder, does that mean that we can pretty much say Breath of the Wild 2 is not coming this year then? I mean, because I guess you could release it in October, but damn, that, that seems like a barrage of games right there between Xenoblade 3, Breath of the Wild 2, and then Pokemon. My God. I mean, Pokemon's when are you going like to have late. the time to play all those? <laughs> Pokemon's like late October. No, Pokemon is probably usually in the middle of November. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they could do Zelda in October, but I'm starting to really go towards the theory of it's not coming this year. Yeah. Uh, 
with Pokemon kind of supplanting that and just between that and Xenoblade and whatever else they release that kind of be in the, the big games for the, the fall. But who knows? Maybe Nintendo will surprise us, I guess, uh, with something. Speaking of surprising, they did sort of drop a surprise last week where Switch Online subscribers kind of get a reward system. Um, so if you pay for the Switch Online service now, there's missions and rewards that you can go complete. Of course, some of them are system-based, which I guess backing up your cloud data gets you some platinum points, and then also playing certain games, which includes games that are on Switch Online service as well as games that you own. So I guess it sort of has achievements also in a way, but not really. Uh, again, it's more of like rewards reward points that you can use to put them towards games or you can use them to put them towards like frames and icons the, you know the little icon that you have for your profile now they have the switch already has two different reward systems does it really need a third but this one is more of like an actual reward system and not so much just points for buying stuff well what about the so, other one like my my nintendo bullshit isn't that the same as the okay? So what yeah, is like my, the, Ninten my Nintendo rewards? You know whatever, and then there's like the gold coin system. Right, the gold coin system is you get that for buying games. Right, right. Uh yeah. Does it need a third? Why not just roll I, into the I, in, into the gold system, or you know? <laughs> I mean, I, they could just roll it into the my Nintendo rewards, which I I don't know what the my Nintendo rewards do. I've never seen that really come up. Th that is very much similar to this, where it's like, oh, play play a game or do do this mission and then you'll get a hundred reward yeah. points. So yeah. This might be more tied to the Switch Online service. So that's why I was saying it was promoting like retro games or I guess games that are tied to that service eventually. So that's cool, I guess. And you can also have there's icon things between Super Mario Odyssey and Animal Crossing New Horizons. I mean I've had Yoshi from the moment I got my Switch, so I'd have never thought about changing it. It doesn't really matter to me. Now, if you said I could have background themes, which I've wanted forever, like we used to have with the PS4 and an Xbox Series has or whatever, then sure, I'll go for that. But that I can change my icon to a specific character from Animal Crossing, I really don't care. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that most people don't care about that at all because you really never look at it uh, if you're in there playing a game, other than when it starts and they kind of show your your little icon, but other than that, it's who cares, you know. Uh, speaking of who cares, though, I guess WWE did not care that much about its roster in WWE 2K22 because uh, about 20% of its whole roster is made up of characters that are no longer yeah on the actual roster. Um, I mean, oh, I, did, you, yeah. did you watch the Giant Bomb Quick Look yet? No, I did not. Because uh, Jeff and Jan went through like the whole roster real quick, and they they pointed out William Regal, and it's like this is timely. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, I mean th this always happens, but I know. But game... the fact that like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were let go almost a year ago, yeah, and they're still there. I mean, I'm actually I'm somewhat surprised because you would think because like when they booted the game up, it said like. WWE 2K22 version 1.04. Right. I am surprised it didn't. There's not some like stealth update that's like 1.05. Yo, you can't 
pick Tyler Breeze anymore, or you know, they just like delete him from the roster, or like you know. I think at this point they're not going to delete people because I I guess it's something that they could they could use to promote. I mean, they're not going to promote them in the commercials or anything, but some people may buy the game because they can still play a video game with all these characters on. I don't know. Oh, I, I, it, I, I, it'd be I just wasting as, assets. Like, yeah, I can finally get to play as Keith Lee. Right? I, uh, I mean, the game does come out in like three days. So Yeah. I I don't see them removing people for that. No, I, I don't it either. It's funny. Like, it's, it's funny. You'd think, yeah. I mean, look at like, you know, EA's doing with like the Russian team, sports teams. <laughs> like, right. you'd think they, they should like to make the game a little more timely, but... The yeah, but there's, is, uh, there's probably like contractual things of why they can't. Guess who's in the game? Like, Shane McMahon. Well, that's okay. He's still a McMahon. Like it's not like. What's well, funny because uh, I think Jeff says, "Here comes the money," and then Jan replied with, "Here goes the money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Um, yeah, look, I I'm kind of ex- sort of bemused by W. WWE 2K22. I, I like the fact that they're adding the GM mode and everything. But did you, did you see the rumor though that uh, WWE is trying to talk to EA? Oh lord! About you know this is like the the thing I saw. I think in like our technical is like this is kind of a make or break year for you know 2K22 if it's another huge failure. Which I mean I agree with them because yeah WWE doesn't have like they're not the ones that make the game right, right? like. They're the ones that just offer their license, and then every year since, like, what, like 2K16 or something, they've been but, pretty bad. Yeah, but the like, problem is, is there are a lot. I mean, with every license, um, sports game, with you know, rules and requirements they have, I, I've always well, but they were on that yearly schedule as well, which doesn't help them, right. But most of those other sports games operate on a good platform that gets slowly, progressively worse. They don't start off with bad and then go to titanic levels of new badness year after year. <laughs> I mean, they did start out well, right? Like 2K13 and 14 were really good. Um, yeah, but, but that if... was Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as they stopped, uh, as soon as they stopped having the nostalgia play to go. To right yeah. they kind of clouded things i think that's when it started to show its luster and then of course when you're going to these new consoles that you have to account for that makes it difficult as well people are expecting more things you're talking about a a series x and a and a ps5 like you should be do, be able to do way more than than what you've been able to do investing in before so so why aren't we we doing that you know and and i can kind of get people's there's expectations that come with that i but I, I do hope that this game does well for at least for 2K and and visual concepts, you know, to not to not have to feel like oh my god we're just always losing on this. Um, right. Well, that, that's what the EA like. You know, if this one ends up bad, you know, they may switch developers or switch you know companies. Would does EA even want them? I'm I'm sure they might because it's not like the UFC games do any good. Like maybe it would be interesting though. Like. That's always a fantasy that I had of like, as a person that loved to play more, you know, more back in the day than say like now, uh, where I used to love the EA sports stuff. Yeah. Uh, EA sports games all the time. Like how cool would it be all these years later for them to finally uh, come to them and see what they could do uh, with those games. And maybe that's uh, another way to bring back that EA sports big or whatever and have the arcade 
thing or or like the, the what they've been doing with FIFA where they kind of mix both of them in there. Could we have like both sort of versions uh, where you have the more simulation version and then you have a different mode where you have the arcade type mode? Um, so that would be interesting to see as well. If... Forget that. I want a combo game where it's John Cena versus Tom Brady. <laughs> <sighs> would the NFL go for that? They could now, right? SmackDown's on Fox. The NFL's on Fox. I mean, well, if the NFL won't do it, the XFL will. Right. I mean, The Rock owns it, so it could happen. Could happen yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, moving uh, from that, uh, something that won't be happening for uh, very much longer. Sony is going to be ending support for the PS3 in Japan uh, as far as, uh, I mean, you know, repairs. Hats off to them for keeping up that this long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's crazy uh, that they have continued to repair them for this long. But um, after April 30th, 2022, which is Saturday, um, you won't, uh, due to basically depletion of parts inventory, they won't be able to provide after-sales service for the PlayStation 3. Uh, I mean, that's crazy to think that they have been able to do this for that long now. Um, yeah. But, Spe- yeah. Speaking of Japan, did you see that Kotaku article today? No, I did not. They listed how much how much Xboxes have sold in Japan. Yeah, the two, oh, oh, that one, 2.3 million. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, the Xbox One was a total. If it was, it was a failure everywhere, but it was an absolute bomb, and uh, it's done. The new one is done decently, but of course, yeah, Xbox 360 was the the one yeah, that like one, sort 1. of moved the needle. Well, Xbox 360 was like basically 1.5, a little over, and the yeah. original Xbox is like a little less than 500,000, which actually is more than I would I would have thought. I mean, kind of hash off to them for that one. Yeah, and well, the 360 was when they actually tried to appeal to Japanese audience. Yeah, like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey and a few of the other... Yeah, Infinite um, Discovery. Mistwalker stuff, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, Phil Spencer saying, oh, you know, we're we're still bullish on Japan. It's like, why? (laughs) uh, I mean, it's always a goal, I guess, to get them to... I mean, unless... Unless they straight up buy Konami or Square, uh... They're not gonna ever be relevant, and even if they somehow bought Square, that's still iffy. Yeah, I, I for one, I don't think that that would happen. Secondly, just I agree. Uh, with I, you, it's I, just yeah, it, yeah. it never happened. Well, they, they, I mean, Konami might, but not Square. But like, if it was suddenly like, yeah, Final Fantasy is Xbox only, it'd be like, all right, uh, okay then. Can you make another Leg- Legend of Dragoon now? <laughs> like this is. <laughs> No, I, I just that was doesn't surprise me at all. I, I mean, I I get. I mean, those are things he obviously has to say as well. It's like it's not like he's going to be like, well, we just don't give a crap about Japan, you yeah. know? Like he's not going to say something like that either. It's just the realistic. I, obviously, he also knows, like realistically, unless they really just do it again, where they completely try to. That I mean, he has said that that is a a blind spot for the studios that they don't have like they really do need a really good japanese studio would they be able to get that at some point i don't know but yeah i i feel like it would have to be something they they do internally i mean i could Uh, see him like funding that new uh yakuza you know the guy who left right him but that's kind of about it yeah yeah it would have to be like a spin-off thing to where somebody just says, hey, we're making a new studio, and we kind of used to work with Microsoft, and then Microsoft says, okay, well, hey, we'll fund you if you'll make your game exclusive or, or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, so 
let's let's see what I mean. There is still that that rumor going around that they were doing something with Kojima, but that's kind of died down. I haven't heard nothing about that lately. So yeah, I, I don't I don't see how that could work because Sony helped fund Kojima Studios. Yeah, but so. Kojima's independent. They don't. That was for that game. It wasn't necessarily that they. Um, you know, and it doesn't mean that that Microsoft would make it to where that game wouldn't appear on PlayStation consoles at all. It's just yeah that they're funding it or whatever. Speaking of things Microsoft fund, the Halo Online co-op is delayed again, um, and so is Forge. This is something that people have been waiting for a long time. I'm kind of waiting for it. I kind of wanted to see if like Randy would play with me or something, because uh, I've kind of hit a wall, hit a point where I kind of just don't want to go back to it but if i had somebody to play it with i might want to like trudge through it not that i don't care about the story it's just there's other things i want to play and like just doing that by myself doesn't seem very appealing but being able to play that with somebody else would be a lot more fun uh so it sucks that this is what's happening is that it makes it look like once again this decision of the games as a service wasn't necessarily the best option for Microsoft. They were put into a hole about releasing Halo when they did. Hey, great. That's great. But the problem is this season one has gone on really long time. And now the the caveat of season two, which was supposed to be, oh, hey, you're going to get co-op and oh, hey, you're going to get Forge. Oh, that's not happening. Yeah. And oops. <laughs> yeah, that that really sucks. I mean, I don't play the multiplayer at all, so I don't care. But the people that do, and and obviously it's been keeps lo- getting lower and lower and lower. I think the fact that you can't play the campaign with your friends really hurts because after you play the campaign with your friends, sometimes that gets your friends to like want to try out the multiplayer and do other things uh, with you on that game. And this isn't a great look right now for for Microsoft as far as Halo is concerned. Really a lot of work to do here, but at least they're delaying it and not trying to force it to come out or whatnot. Um, And I think they also really got to hope that that Halo TV show really knocks out of the park. I think that's going to be the thing that kind of keeps Halo um, in the minds of people and not so much the game right now. Um, I have faith. Yeah, I actually think that'll still be good. Or, you know, pass boldly, unlike this Twisted Metal nonsense. (laughs) I I mean, well, yeah, of course. But, no, I agree, too. I think the the show's going to be great. I think they have a lot of uh, things to go on as well. Um, There's story behind that, right? There's a lot of lore with Halo. There's a lot of things they could pull from. Twisted Metal, what the hell are you going to... I mean, it's a comedy show. It's a 30-minute comedy show. At least they went the right route with that. Didn't trigger to try to make it all serious. but That's the wrong route. Yeah. Oh, you think like, they need to be serious about a freaking sh- well? Ga- I, I don't need. Uh, I mean, as much as like Anthony Mackie, I don't need him to be a fast talking, uh, you know, sweet dude. Yeah, it, I don't know. I have to. Like, see, I, I, uh, I rewatched like last night. I actually rewatched all of the uh, intros and like movie, like any movies of Twisted Metal Black and how it's all very like I wouldn't say sarcastic, but com- almost like Black Mirror, where you know the people get what they want, but it's not what they expect usually. And right. I want I, I want something to be like that. If it's you know very dystopian or very uh you know psychologically driven, not comedy show. I mean, it is written by Michael Jonathan, who most firstly worked on uh, Cobra Kai. So you know, it won't be all comedy. But we yeah, definitely some action scenes in there. 
Uh, it's going to be coming to Peacock. So if the you have that, right if you have that, you can go watch it on Peacock. Um, talk about weird epic bot Bandcamp. Um, so say which I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, this is good for people wanting to get a. You get a great like net average of eighty two percent of every sale or whatever. But I mean, and I'm sure this will help with you can have more music in Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's what it's going all going to be. But I don't know. It's just weird. It's like okay, like this. This was a an announcement, and I'm just like. Really? I guess if this helps like with getting like independent musicians like where they can make better profits than say the robbery that is Spotify, then cool. Uh but I just don't see what the benefits of this are yet. Like they need to really flesh that out and like talk about that more and then maybe there'll be something I, Also it just seems like I don't know where this is really game related. Like, what does this really do for? Like, okay, like, okay, the the them buying harmonics kind of made sense because not only is harmonics going to provide like music stuff for Fortnite, they already ha- this helps like fund games that they already have, like gives them a security net to keep doing stuff with those games. But also, like, if they wanted to make their own kind of music separate music thing again, like a smaller um thing or or something that Epic wants to help them create they can do that I, the band camp thing is just kind of like all right let's well, I mean, see what you do here <laughs> i i just see it as you know instead of harmonic having to make their own music they can just pilfer pilfer band camp like wait yes, wait but... till uh the, you know the next version will be called rock band camp <laughs> uh yeah i honestly it's it doesn't i don't know what we're what the point of of that is necessarily but I, I think we'll see the fruits of that more as, as it uh, develops, for sure. Um, well, you know, we've had Resident Evil 1, uh, 0, 4, 5, and 6 get ported to a lot of things. So why not bring the newer versions of 2 and 3 and then also Resident Evil 7 to next gen? Give them next gen version uh, and bring them over to PS5 and Xbox Series. Uh, and the cool thing is, if you already own these games, which I own all of them on PlayStation 4, uh, they're upgraded for free. So, cool. Now, when I finally finish Resident Evil 7, it'll look better. So, that's cool. Yeah, it's like, at least it's free. Yeah, I mean, if all they're going to do is add visual enhancements, I mean, they really shouldn't be charging for it. Right. You know, if they were going to add stuff to these games, then, yeah, go for it. But... Uh, visual enhancements that always rubs me the wrong way when somebody says, "Oh yeah, we can justify charging ten dollars for that." Like, no, nah, not really. No. Well, I mean, I, I, for me, it'd be like, how how much does it enhance? Like, We've already know. kind of seen what that does. I mean, there's only so much they can really enhance it from a PS4 version, right? I I know, like, I didn't mind paying for Spider Man, but that's kind of more the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, but wasn't Spider Man like from the ground up done that way? I don't know. I just know they changed his face. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was that's different. <laughs> um, and to know the surprise of absolutely no one, Activision Blizzard is having a hard time getting workers. Well, what do you know? I mean, you're like got strikes going on. Yeah, um, you have lawsuits going on. I mean, do you think people really want to work for you right now? <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they, they act like they're surprised, and it's like really, like really okay. People might want to wait until Microsoft owns you before they go, you know, they go to work for you because of how inflexible. Exactly. 
Like, why do they want to deal with that? Especially also because you don't really want to go work with someone and you don't know if Microsoft is going to cut anything. It's like you said, it's a lot of in flux. You would think we haven't heard anything about Microsoft doing that, but like this is a huge acquisition. We're talking about different companies here. We're talking about studios from all over. We're talking about, you know, all these different franchises they now own. Like how in the world are they going to be able to keep every single person? And then they're bringing on people. And then it's like, well, you haven't proven that you have, you know, refuted all this stuff. You haven't proven that you've gotten rid of the bad, all the bad apples and the bad vibes in the studio. So why would we trust you at this? Point? Yeah. They are apparently going to announce a new WoW expansion next month, along with the Hearthstone expansion and updates to Warcraft Mobile. So. Uh, yeah, they this WoW expansion did not... I mean, the past few WoW expansions have not done well, so... I mean... I look, I look forward to eventually reviewing it, let's say that. <laughs> uh, like, what do, you, what do you think of, about, like, what can they really do in a new WoW expansion? The, the pro- I mean, the problem that this WoW expansion had, like, the main problem is, like, they completely trashed the story. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate, because that's what a lot of people actually, like, like about these games. Yeah. Uh, like, the main bad guy is this, like, jailer guy, but you, like... You know nothing about him, or he's not like they only introduce him in this game. He has like zero personality, or like no motivation whatsoever, aside from I want to rule everything. I think like, that's not a great motivation. <laughs> like, right. So you know, I'm sure they'll introduce some new landmass, uh, and hopefully ground the game a little more because like this game, like you know, the current expansion is like all like celestial nature. Like you're li- li- you're literally in heaven and hell fighting. Right. This is really weird. Like, so who knows. It'll be. It'll yeah. finally, they'll finally introduce the uh, Nagas, the uh, evil race. <laughs> yeah, there's that. At least, I guess. Um, there's a. It's, it's, it's finally the Murlocs' time to shine. Yep. It's, it's the, hey, that's some people want that. So yeah, why why not? Uh, there is a God of War TV show uh, being made. Amazon apparently is in discussions for actually uh, being the the company that's going to have the streaming rights on prime video. Uh, and why not with the expanse creators, executive producers, Mark Fergus and Hawk Osby um, and wheel of time, executive producer, showrunner, Rife Judkin Judkins uh, being on. And of course these are all involved with Amazon uh, shows. So it's not official, but this is kind of how the Lord of the Rings thing started and some of the other shows they've done started. So you would imagine that this will for sure, Pretty much, uh, you can bet that they'll be announcing this at some point here. I think it'll happen, but unlike with uh, Halo, I don't think it's a great idea. Why? There's a lot uh, to pull from here with God of War. I mean, yeah, but it's all dumb. Like the only, you know. Well, but but that's video game storytelling. I mean, you could definitely use I mean, that like, in it. I would say, like the reason The Witcher works is because it's also based on a damn book. Right. Yeah, and I agree. But I mean, I would trust that if Corey Barlog perhaps might be getting involved, perhaps could be involved. I don't know how much he could really give time considering you're working on a big ass game right now. Um, Like if they could really like consult him on on this. I mean, I don't know. The way that God of War, at least the most recent one, is shot and made and and the story in that game. Yeah. The recent one, sure. But that's essentially like... There's already like three or four Viking shows, or you know, three or four other right. types of shows like that. Like, I think God of War might work as like a movie, you know, but 
also, like, Kratos' story is dumb. So, you know, I have faith that they could they could pull it off. I mean, again, they have various games to pull from, so they could uh, definitely. Also, I think the I mean they are making that Lord of the Rings movie or that Lord of the Rings show, show. but I don't think that's going to do well. I think that's going to like wildly diverge from the source material, and that will uh, bomb that show to the ground, just like Cowboy uh, Bebop. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a huge task when you already have such great like material out there from what Peter Jackson did. I mean, yeah, it's like what. I mean, they're making, like, they're, like, wholesale making new characters. And yes. it's like, huh? Like, why would you do that? Because <laughs> they I gotta mean, put their own stamp on it. Yeah, they, they were already doing that with, Peter Jackson already was doing that with The Hobbit. You know, uh, Kate from Lost. You know, uh, well, but we can already see where that went. Yeah. If they are not nowhere near as fondly thought of as the original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe if he would have just made one movie out of that and not tried to make it into three movies, maybe. Yeah. And then, of course, so the big announcement from entertainment side of things, uh, John DiMaggio is officially going to be back with uh, the Futurama crew. And so the revival is complete. You're getting everybody back uh, of substance of note. Uh, You can end the saga here, the Bender Gate, all that stuff. And I guess, are you excited now? Uh, I mean, I guess a little more, but that Comedy Central Futurama was not good. So it's more about, it's less about like, I mean, the voice acting cast is important, but like, right. do they have the original writers back? Or, you know, how, how much of like the old crew is going to be working on it? Right. Although I do think there should be an episode, like I said, well, like my, my theorized, they should just replace them with like Bender getting hit in the head of some like other voice actor. They should do the same thing, but just have him sound the exact same, but everyone thinks he sounds different for an, for an episode. <laughs> I feel like they are going to definitely play off that. Yeah. That's At like... least one episode. Yeah, like definitely gotta make a point about that that whole saga for sure. <laughs> All or right, he'll get, so, he'll get hit in the head and just. Have you ever heard John DiMaggio like talk? Yeah, he sound he does sound very much like Bender, but he sounds like a more normal version or like less right. kind of. I don't want to say crass, but like you know less uh, energetic. But so just have Bender sound like that for like one episode. <laughs> they could do it. I can yeah. see it happening. All right, so that's gonna do it for the show. Um, this week, uh, as we always tend to do, let's go ahead and look at what is coming out in the week ahead. Um, as <clears throat> we will probably, I will say, uh, wind up doing the show on Saturday. So uh, let's let's go with that for now. Not sure. It's just with me being a supervisor at my job, it's very I. I don't know if I'm ever going to get called at the last minute to like, hey, you need to cover this person because they called out and you're going to get overtime for this. But hey, you know, so sometimes it puts things on hold uh, like this show, which is why it's now coming out on a Monday afternoon, basically by the time we'll still hear this, unless you're watching on YouTube. Uh, So, yeah, I I apologize for that. Um, Had somebody get sick and then, hey, Go for it. You got to really need you. It was like, and it's not really like I really need you. It's more of like a hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like you should should really uh, take somebody's shift here. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry about that. But anyway, let's look ahead here as basically in a day, you'll be getting to play that Assassin's Creed Don of Ragnarok Valhalla DLC, which that looks really good. 
or at least you hope it is. Um, the Aztec Forgotten Go uh, Gods. I'm really looking forward to this RPG time Legend of Right, which has some really interesting mechanics. So let's see how that works. Young Souls is a action beat em up that's going to be on Game Pass. Uh, if you have that, that Doc Hack uh, G Last Recode remaster is going to be on Switch. WWE 2K22 comes out on Friday if you're excited for that. And of course, uh, next week we have some uh, old games coming and some new games uh, coming as well. So, yep. Um, yeah. Until then, folks, we will see y'all later. Later.